Alright, uh, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Korea Pounds, and tonight we have a special guest on the podcast. Um, today we're going to switch it up. Uh, instead of just talking about college sports, you know, we're going to go into the more professional route, you know, talking about NFL, NBA, potentially some MLB. We'll see what happens. But with me, uh, it's a good friend of mine. We've been, we go back long, long time. Uh, I want to introduce my friend, uh, this is Wyatt. All right, so uh, first, uh, we're going to be talking about the NBA playoffs. Um, if you guys don't know, um, we are about in the Western Conference and Eastern Conference Finals of each conference. Um, Lakers and Nuggets, that game five is tonight. Lakers hold a 3-1 to one lead. And in the East, game six, I think, is on Monday or whatever day it is. And the Heat hold a 3-2 to two lead. Uh, so why? Uh, what are your opinions right now about pretty much what you've seen in the West? Well, in the West, you know, it's kind of been going the same route for the Nuggets every series. Obviously, you know, they've been down three one every series. Um, you know, a lot of people are their ideas that you know I'm not going to make that same mistake three times. Um, but I'm I'm of the, I'm of the mindset that you're going against LeBron now, um, and LeBron doesn't give up three one leads like this, um, and I he's even more so. Um, he has seen what Jamal Murray and Jokic are capable of it when they're down three one twice now, and so he's he's so supremely focused and uh, ready to close this out. I think he's going to be. I think the Nuggets have a possibility of extending it to six, but I don't think he lets it uh, go to a game seven. Yeah, you know, I thought I was, I thought I was going to go to like at least like five or six, but honestly, I mean, I was hyped for the Lakers Clippers matchup, but we 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 saw what happened. Man, <laughs> oh man, Jesus! Man, that's what we we're all waiting for all year. I mean, I was reading like a bunch of articles about it, and to pretty much sum it up, like the Clippers, they were just focused on the Lakers all year, you know, the battle of a, well, the Lakers, they were focused on a championship, you know, finally bringing one back to Los Angeles where it should be and where it's going to be this year. In my opinion, I think the Lakers are pretty much the best team in basketball right now. Yeah. Uh, but Miami is giving them a run for their money right now in terms of like best in the league. Cause Miami, they're just on both sides of the ball. You talk about Jimmy Butler, you have Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero, all great shooters. And then you have Bam, kind of like their big guy right now and until Giannis comes, because I think Giannis is going to Miami. <laughs> but for right now, I think Miami is kind of the team to beat in terms of momentum. And just, I mean, they've only lost, what, like two or three games in the playoffs right now? Like, it's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, no, three now after, their, after last night. But, three losses yeah. in the playoffs. Like, that's not even enough to complete a series. That's incredible. Yeah. It's been tough. I think, I think I want to say the most that they've lost by is eleven to Boston in one of the games. So, it, it, wins for other teams have not been easy to come by. And uh, I, I want to, uh, you know, throughout a season, throughout a series, you know, I think every team has quarters, you know, runs, has whatever, it, however you want to, you know, go about it, where they're lackluster and and aren't you know, as good as they can be, you know, as focused. But I think, you know, one thing I noticed about the Heat is they are always 
playing their brand. They are always so focused, so, you know, fine-tuned, uh, you know, playing their zone, oh, doing yeah. their offense correctly, you know, um, beat themselves, so. I mean, I got to admit, I, I did not have the Nuggets actually even doing this well, like, I don't think the Nuggets, I don't think anybody had, I mean, the Nuggets have come down from two three to one leads and back to back rounds. Yeah. The one against Utah was heartbreaking because literally, like, that last shot could have sent them to the next round to play the Clippers. But, and then the Clippers was just absolutely catastrophic. That was mind boggling. Where do you think the Clippers go from here? Obviously, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Absolutely abysmal. They shot. They combined ten of thirty-eight in that game. They were just letting Jamal Murray and Jochik just dominate the whole game. Where do you see the Clippers moving on to next year? Are they talking about you know potentially adding one more piece or getting rid of Rivers? What where do they go from here? You know, I think roster-wise, coaching staff-wise, they're set. You know, I think you can't. You know, everyone said over the course of the season they have the the best roster in the league. You know, if not the best coach in the league, one of the best coaches in the league, and I don't think you change that. Um, I think a couple of things you need to do is get rid of that load management. Um, they were load managing, load managing as if they had already won a couple championships and gained chemistry. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. This is the first year that came together, and you know I think you know LeBron realized that he was with a new team and he needed to gain all that chemistry and. Um, the Clippers kind of just took it easy and uh, <laughs> lied on their talent. One thing I will say is that um, while you obviously need to build around um, PG and Kawhi, one thing that I saw, I don't know if you saw it on Bleacher Report, um, is that after Game 7, PG had made some type of speech about making a run next year. Um, I did see but that. Met with a bunch of eyeballs. Yeah, I know what you're talking and, about. Uh, I mean, can you imagine? You know, PG's a top. You know, on his best days, he's a top five player. He's a he's one of the best two way players in the league. And mm-hmm. on his worst days, he's a top fifteen player. And can you imagine anyone, any other player in the league in that you know range of talent, an All NBA player, a, a, a every year All Star, getting met with eye rolls when you're making a speech after the game with that lack of you know respect? Like I just, I've never heard of that before. And uh, especially, you know, after he kind of, you know, talked about his depression and stuff like that, his teammates reacting to him like that, kind of makes me think that, you know, he has a lot of fakeness in him almost, you know. So I don't know where they go from there chemistry-wise. I don't know if maybe there's a move to, you know, I've heard the Clippers talk about also going after Giannis. I don't know if there's a move to swap PG and Giannis. Um, I don't know what they're going, you know, Jerry West and – um, Ballmer and all them—they're—they're they're really smart. Their moves, so we'll see what happens. But I know—I know one thing: it's gonna be built around Kawhi. So, yeah, that franchise is already pretty much built around Kawhi right now. I mean, um, first it was Kawhi, and then they did the sign and trade with Paul George. They gave up Gilgis Alexander, Gallinari, a bunch of picks, and right now Clipper fans are kind of regretting trading all those picks away <laughs> just for one for one player who goes. Six of what was it like four of fourteen from the field, no four of sixteen from the field, 
in a game seven where they need to go on to the next round. So I mean, right now, if I was the if I was the Clippers, I would try and figure out what is the core problem because you already mentioned it with the eye rolling. Like that's a sign of lack of chemistry right there, and I think it's gonna take a few years for that to gel in because you have Paul George, who was pretty much an essential piece in Indy when he first started, and then when he went to OKC, he was still an essential piece with Westbrook, and now he's on this stacked quote-unquote roster in LA where he has defending finals MVP uh, Kawhi Leonard and he still has Harrell on the team um Shamit's on the team Beverly is still you know very aggressive you know can Williams a whole bunch of pieces exactly and the thing is it's just I think they just needed a couple more years to gel and if anything I think they need more shooters on their bench I mean their bench is a little lackluster. I mean, compared to um, the bench of the Denver Nuggets, that's why they pretty much lost the series, in my opinion. I mean, you have on that bench Shamit. I mean, obviously, you have Lou Will and Harrell, six men of the year for, like, the past combined, like, six years. It's incredible. But still, like, other than those three, like, Jamichael Green, like, like you need they need more shooters. Like, they need, like, some depth on their roster. And so, like... If if they actually want to like actually want to try and contend for something like they gotta develop their bench a little more like that's kind of like that was kind of like the one thing I was questioning like yes the Clippers have a dirty starting lineup but what what is their bench situation like they only have Shema and they traded Gilgis Alexander away and they traded Gallinari away like who else do they have on the bench so like if the Clippers really want to like make some offseason moves either go for Either go for Giannis, like you said, or develop your bench so you can build it and try to, you know, get some solid shooters who can actually can who can actually get the ball in the basket when you need it. Because if you if you have your two guys going ten of thirty eight from the field in the game, who else are you gonna reply on? Like who else are you gonna rely on? Who else is gonna like Shamit, uh, Jamichael Green, like like sh- but, I mean, who knows? I mean, this offseason could be a little crazy with the whole Giannis situation. Speaking of the Giannis situation, where do you see him going? Do you actually see him going west, or is he going to stay in Milwaukee and hopefully um, that franchise just builds around him a lot more? Or do you see him going somewhere else in the east? You know, that's a tough question because, one, okay, one thing I don't see him doing is, you know, doing something like LeBron did, like Kawhi did, trying to go to a powerhouse type of situation. I, I don't see that either. Um, I just don't see him as that type of player. I see him as someone who wants to go to a winning situation, um, you know, a winning environment, winning culture. Um, one thing I will say is I, I'm going to stop watching basketball if he, if he goes to the Warriors. <laughs> um, but... You know, I've heard a couple rumblings about the Raptors and the Heat, and I could definitely see him going to the Heat, um, like you said earlier. Um, that would, you know, I think with his personality and his, like, determination to win, um, how hard he's worked. I know, like, he's there. there's some type of uh, number where he's gained, since his rookie year, he's gained, like, 55 pounds of muscle. There's the you know there's all those you know memes and pictures of him you know being skinny and now he's you know so buff and stuff like that. Um, 
but yeah, I think uh, you can just imagine his. He could fit. Per- he would fit perfectly in with uh, the Heat. Um, I don't know how that would work with Bam, but you know him, the Raptors, and he would are just both perfect cultures for him. You know, also the Bucks too um, would be perfect for him if they could. You know, get a couple more pieces around him. I don't think Middleton is is the right guy for him. I think you know they need to get someone like Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul would be like I think he would just be perfect. Like the pick and rolls for him. The problem with the Bucks this year is that you know up until five minutes left in the game, they were fine. Uh, it was it was when you had to you know give someone the ball and get out of the way that they had a problem because they didn't have anyone to do that. Um, all elite teams do. And, you know, Giannis can't shoot well enough to do that, and, and you have to set him up. Um, and so if they had Chris Paul, you, you saw what he did in the playoffs this year. He, you saw what you, – you know, everyone knows what he can do. OKC was the, uh, the most clutch team in the league, and it was because of Chris Paul primarily. So um, I think whatever the Bucks can do to try to get Chris Paul would be, you know, I think they should do that. So, And I, I still remember um, everyone talking about how – they traded away Malcolm Brogdon and decided to keep Eric Bledsoe. And that's really coming back to Biden because they don't have any shooters. Yeah. They don't have any shooters. Yeah, I mean, other, I mean, that was – I thought they would value Malcolm Brogdon a lot more than Eric Bledsoe because Eric Bledsoe, when it really matters, the man can't show up. I'm sorry to say it, but when it matters, he can't show up. And the yeah. thing about the Bucks is that they're so reliant on Giannis to you know, just drive in, you know, do what he does get to the rim with his big body ability that the other people are just kind of complimentary players. I mean, you have Brooke Lopez who can hit a three, you know, once every, you know, five minutes in a game. And then you have Eric Bledsoe and who's scrappy. And I, I, I just, I, I can't see him sh- making shots. They have Wesley Matthews and like, uh, just, uh, it's, it's, and I mean, obviously Chris Middleton, but the, the prop over the top guy that can exactly, that can 20 to 25 points. Exactly, and that's the problem. They That's what they need. And so for them yeah. to actually be successful in the playoffs, they got to somehow keep Giannis and keep him enough to where they bring in like a Chris Paul, you said, or even like a Bradley Beal, in my opinion. I think like yeah, a Bradley, that that, Bradley Beal would be perfect in that situation. Right now, he's hating his situation with the Wizards. And I think if somehow the offseason works out correctly – I feel like Bradley Beal could end up on that team or, but obviously the whole rumor about Chris Paul, I think that's a good one as well, but it's just, it's so tricky because you don't know like what Giannis is going to do. And that is the, the glue, that's the piece that is going to, you know, continue with the next move and the next move after that. So once Giannis finally makes his move, I think you're going to see a lot of, you know, quick moves with the Bucks, um, either. And I think if the Bucks do lose Giannis, I think that getting Chris Paul would be, uh, I'm not saying like a better option, but I think it would be, you know, kind of like the right move right then to try and get Chris Paul just because, you know, you have, I mean, you have a veteran point guard and you have, mostly veteran team and you know that could that could contend for like a seven or eight seed in the in the east because you also have the nets that are coming back next year 
who have KD, yeah, Ka- KD, Kyrie, De- DeAndre Jordan, and like Spencer Dinwiddie, Dinwiddie. like the the Nets. Yes, they got clowned on because they did horrible in the first round, but they didn't had they had none of their stars. Like a lot of people got COVID. They didn't even have their starters. Yeah, they had none of their starters. Like people didn't want to play. People were injured. It's I mean it's. It's pretty self-explanatory, like, why they did so bad. But, I mean, next year, they're going to be a contender. And so that's why, like, I'm saying, like, if the Bucks really want to be a contender, they need to bring, like, another piece. Because, say you have Giannis going down to Miami. You know how dirty that would be? Oh, my God. You have Jimmy yeah, Butler. You have Jimmy Butler, Bam. And, and plus, they, all the Heat need is someone who can get to the rim. That's all they need. Because you have the shooters of Tyler Hero, who's now elevating his game to a complete different level. You have Duncan Robinson, who was the the not so exactly. You have Jimmy Butler, who's kind of just leading this young team. You have Bam, who can get you a lot of boards. Their bench is still don't forget him. Exactly, they still have Kendrick. They have Iggy. They have Iggy, like off the bench. Like yeah, Jay. Like they their team. Like oh my god, like. We keep for like you keep bringing up these names and they're accurate. Like, and imagine just Giannis on the. I feel like if Giannis goes to the Heat, the Heat are going to win the championship next year. I honestly I feel mean, that. That's not far fetched at all. That's not far fetched at all. And plus, they have Eric Spolstra, who's a veteran coach who knows how to coach the game of basketball. He did it when LeBron and D Wade and Chris Bosh came down. He's won multiple championships. He even won one without LeBron. So it's like. It's just kind of crazy to think how Giannis could really just diversely impact the whole league and see where he goes. And I honestly think if if it's not the Heat, maybe the Raptors. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in Toronto because, I mean, you have Kyle Lowry and Van Vliet, and then they and then they have Pascal and, like, Sergi Baca and Marcus Gasol, and it's just kind of... I, I don't know what, I mean, obviously Nick Nurse is more of a defensive headed coach. So, I mean, that's where that is. But still, it's just kind of confusing to just see what Giannis will really contribute to that Toronto team. So, that's why I'm really advocating for the Miami. Obviously, as a Warriors fan, I would love him, but I don't need him. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't really need him there because, I mean, we, we already have Steph. We don't need to see that. We don't need to see that. <laughs> we already have Steph. We already have Clay. We have the, num- we have the number two pick in the draft. We're going to get... Draymond back still like and I think we'll be yeah, fine yeah and plus the only reason we we tanked this year was develop our bench and now that there's something to what developed I mean pass I mean Eric Pascal was I think a contender yeah, for rookie he was like I think all rookie first team I think yeah I think he was I yeah think. he edged he out like first. I know he was second he's He's a nice little piece. He's gonna be. He's probably gonna be your sixth man next year. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why I was so hyped to just see our bench develop. And I mean, we get the number two pick. We're gonna get James Wiseman. If we don't, I'm gonna be very pissed off. <laughs> but James uh, Wiseman's. I'm not, I'm not the hugest fan of James Wiseman, especially in the league today. Yeah, yeah, I I see your point, but we just need a big man, and also a big man who can actually you know. Be at the wing spot, or you know, just someone big because. We've played so small our whole like, we we have we never had that one guy you know the center because we thought it was gonna be Demarcus Cousins but then he got injured and you know it just didn't work out and 
we thought it was going to be Bogut, and we had like Andres Beardens at one point, and it was it was just a mess. We never had that solid because we have the options at Steph Clay. Um, I think. Oh God, Andrew Wiggins is going to be our small forward. Oh no, oh, Jesus! And then um, Draymond Green, and then we know we don't have a center. I mean, we have Kevon Looney, but like I don't think he's going to be the guy. And so that's why I'm hoping James Wiseman is going to be the guy for us now. Because if he's not, then I'm going to be very disappointed because we wasted that number two pick for nothing. But I would I, trade it if, if I were the Warriors. Uh, that see, that's also another thing with me. I'm thinking about maybe like doing like a trade for that number two with a team that you know is trying to get rid of like someone or not ri get rid of someone but you know trying to you know start the rebuild and uh, i don't know i don't i don't know i don't know i don't know who i don't know who the warriors would trade with to try like i'm trying to think of teams you have to package it if you can get I mean, if the, if the Giannis trade is available and they could do that, they'd have to package Wiggins in the number two pick. Oh, that's that's guaranteed. That's guaranteed. But let me propose something to you. What if what if what if the Bucks took on Chris Paul's contract, offered Giannis the supermax, and then traded Middleton to the Warriors for Wiggins in that second pick? Oh, how do you feel about that? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. the 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 thing is, it's not like I'm. Oh man, I just don't think is Chris Middleton worth the number two overall pick. That's what I'm thinking, and I don't know. I really don't know if he's worth that number over number two overall pick. There's just not a clear number one, number two overall number. There's not a clear top you know th three pick i think in my mind it's it's lamella ball but um and who has the number know, the three Warriors, obviously they're they're guard heavy so they're not going to grab lamella ball unless they use him as a six man which, exactly you know, ball is going to really he's going to be storming in there if lamella is coming off the bench so exactly um, like i forgot who has the number three pick is it Oh my God! Who is it? Is it Charlotte? I no, I don't think so. I, Charlotte's fourth. I, I want to say. I think Charlotte is fourth. I think is it Cleveland? No, no, no. They didn't even make it. Um. I I forgot who has the number three, but I know Minnesota is obviously going to go with Anthony Edwards. They need a shooter, uh, to go with D'Lo and Cat. And since they traded away Wiggins, they need someone else. And then the Warriors have number two. And then I just forgot who is the number three pick. Not Sacramento. I know it's not um, the Knicks. Because yeah, the, Knicks, the Knicks got sad. The Knicks yeah, got sad. I, I feel for all my Knicks fans out there, I just want to know. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry it for Oh it is. Oh it is Charlotte. Okay. It is so it is Charlotte. Okay, that's what I thought. So they're gonna probably go with LaMelo Ball in my I think that's I don't think LaMelo Ball is gonna last that long. I you, personally don't. I think I think there's a team out there. That's going to either trade up. trade up. Yeah, but I just don't see Lamelo Ball dropping that far. I think that, that the consensus around the league is that Anthony Edwards is the safest pick, but there is no, you know, clear cut best pick. And if you're going to spend that high of a pick and not trade it away, 
then you need to go for go for it all, you know. And Lamelo definitely has the most boom potential. Yeah, you're not wrong there. I mean, I've seen what he's done in the uh, Australian league, and he's really improved his game a lot. But yeah. if there is one team that would potentially want to trade up for him, I would say it's going to be the Knicks because the Knicks were like, I mean, the Knicks were pretty much in line to try and draft um, LaMelo Ball. But because of the lottery, which screws them ever over every year, they don't get to have that opportunity. So with that being said, I think the Knicks would try to trade up potentially to the number three overall pick and maybe some players uh, for to Charlotte and trying to get LaMelo Ball because that's where I think he would best fit right now. Because that's obviously, tough though, because that's tough though. Because then you're taking the chance that Minnesota or Golden State, especially if Golden State trades their pick away too, that they don't pick. Those two teams don't pick Lamelo Ball. So I think if you're the Knicks. You're gonna be your your hand is forced to trade for that number one pick. I don't think Minnesota's gonna trade away that number one pick right now. I don't think so either. And I think Edwards or Lamelo Ball with Russell. I think they're gonna. I think. The number one and number two, I also, I honestly think those are pretty much kind of locks or assumed locks because everyone is talking about how Anthony Edwards, you know, the guy out of Georgia, you know, who can shoot from anywhere on the court is going number one. And then the number two is consensus for Wiseman because Golden State needs a big man. He's the best available. And so that number three is kind of now up in the air. So I honestly think that the top two are kind of sort of locks. And then you have that number three pick which I think the Knicks would try to trade for because I, I really don't see LaMelo Ball going to the Warriors or the Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't see that. I really think Minnesota is investing in Edwards because of what they saw. And then the Golden State Warriors need a big man. They have the developed bench and they have some shooters on that bench now. So I think they just need a solid big man to you know round out the starting lineup. And so I really, I, I just don't see... Lamella Ball going in the top two because of what Minnesota and Golden State need. Unless Golden State does this massive trade, I I don't I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. I mean, it's. I mean, I think the draft is what like November eighteenth. I think so. I mean, about a month after the season ends. Yeah, so that's about yeah, that's about a month after the season, and then on top of that, we still have free agency, so we don't know where everyone's gonna end up, and so like, well, it, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be a crazy off season. I'm yeah, just... I think I'm ready. I'm more ready for next year's off season for when it comes to free agency. It's gonna be it's gonna be extra crazy. Yeah, I know. It's a long list of guys. I know, like AD's up there, but who else is on that list? I I think it's is for this year. No, for next year. No, this year AD is a free agent. He's gonna resign with. with the yeah, Lakers. yeah, he's gonna resign. I knew that. I forgot but he was next a free agent. Next year, Kawhi and PG are gonna be free agents. I thought they signed four-year deals. No, they signed three-year deals with two-year player options. Oh, oh, yeah, that that's um, gonna be big. There's a whole uh, there's a whole long list here. I'm lo- I'm looking at it right now. Um. Yeah, that does sound a bit familiar. I do remember them signing like just two-year player option deals. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's gonna be interesting. I don't, re- I don't really know where they're gonna end up. I mean, 
it all depends on what happens next year if they win a championship or if they decide, you know what, I'm going to try and stay and get one in my remaining time here in L.A. But Hey, I could see hey, if Chris Paul has his teammates rolling his eyes, I could see when LeBron's on his way out, PG joining uh, Anthony Davis. Wow. PG to that'd the be, Lakers? That'd be interesting. That right? would be a super team. That would literally that be a. Would be. I mean, the Lakers are already like more deep, in my opinion. I mean, yes, their starting their shooters are questionable with Danny Green and Caldwell Pope, and but I mean, if you're talking about like the talent on the team, I mean, they still have Markeith Morris. They still have both JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard, who are doing a good job in locking down Jokic in these first four games. They have Rondo, who's now back and healthy and playing like himself. They still have, I mean, next year, I think Avery Bradley's going to come back and play unless they develop, unless Derrick Rose comes to Los Angeles, which I've heard that's a big thing. So if Derrick Rose comes to LA, I mean, who, who, Jesus. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a lot of options. I mean, you know how LeBron's teams work. Um, It's like a new team every year with him, except for the Stars. You're not wrong there. let me list off some of these free agents because there is a long line. Not this not this coming free agency, but the following free agency. Okay. These are the possible free agents that you could see with their own player options. James Harden, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry. Uh, Aaron Gordon, Bradley Beal, Chris Paul. Um, those are the main ones. Um, those are some big names already. Yeah, it is a long line. Oh, uh, Blake Griffin, Kyrie Irving, um, Kemba Walker. Jesus. See, these are all the guys that signed last year. Yeah, that's right, yeah. But they're three-year player options. options. yep. Jimmy Butler could be a free agent. Drew Holiday. Even Gary Harris. Zach Levine. So there's a lot of guys, you know, out there. There's that we could see uh, on the movement. So definitely. And with the most intriguing news that I've seen pretty much all off season, the Sixers trying to lure Harden. Yeah. That, now, if they do that, now they're going to be an immediate contender because all they've needed is a shooter. They don't have any on that team. Ben Simmons is not a shooter. He's a guy that gets to the lane. Joel Embiid is their one guy who can shoot. And, I mean, I'd rather see him, you know, just do a little fadeaway or work in the post. And they don't have anybody else. So, if they can get Harden, then that really shakes up everything. What would happen with Houston? Well, you know, I think Houston's at a point right now with Westbrook and Harden losing D'Antoni where... You know, they pushed, they pushed all their chips to the middle, and they have a, maybe a couple more years left to really attack, you know, this win-now mentality before they have to rebuild. Because, you know, you forget that they, they just swapped and gave up all those picks for, with the Chris Paul and Westbrook deal. That's right. Um, they, gave, they gave up a pick for Covington, I believe. Um, you know, so they... They, like I said, they pushed all their chips to the middle um, with the small ball lineup. 
And, you know, if they don't get it done next year, if they don't get it done the year after, when these, uh, when this Westbrook and Harden, when their when their contracts are over, you know, I, I think they're going to be pointing towards rebuilding because they're 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 uh, going to the luxury tax. They're uh, they're spending a lot of money, and uh, if they're just going into the second round every year, you know, I don't think that's what they're looking for. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree with you. I mean, at this point, like you can't spend all this money just to go to the second round, and I'm feeling that's the same thing for the Sixers. They had all these pieces. They had Jimmy. Remember last year, they had Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. They had all that just go to the second round and lose in a game seven, and with the Kawhi buzzer beater. So I That's mean, crazy. if you're the Sixers and if you're the Rockets, you're really at. You're really analyzing. Are we really just a team? And plus, the Sixers, they got they got swept in the first round. They got swept in the first round by the Celtics. I mean, Celtics yep. have are one of the most talented teams in the league. But still, I mean, at still. least put up. I mean, yes. Yeah, at least. I mean, yes. They Ben Simmons was out um, with knee surgery, got removed from the bubble, and it just seemed like that team just did not want to be there anymore. But I mean, still, at least put like a couple games on the board. I mean, I mean, come on. So yeah. <laughs> if you're and plus, I've heard things about Ben Simmons potentially being traded to Cleveland for like a package, and. I mean, I, I don't know what that would look like, but if you're the Sixers and the Rockets, I definitely would be eyeing the rebuild, um, the rebuild, the rebuild slot, and just talking, you know, what future plans may entail because of the amount of picks that the Rockets traded away, and like the fact that I mean, the Sixers, they they're just kind of complacent, like. Everyone is kind of getting on Brent Brown, you know, with the trust the process thing. Like, the process has not worked for them. And so they got to go back to the drawing board at some point and figure out what is actually going to work for them. Because yeah. it's been it's been four years that they've been in the playoffs and they haven't gotten to the Eastern Conference Finals once. And yeah, I think, yeah. So I, I don't know. If you're a Sixers fan, I don't, I don't know what you do um, in terms of just trying to figure out uh, what your next move is, but I've heard things about getting rid of getting rid of one of the two, whether that be Simmons or Embiid, and having one of them stay on the team, and I guess building around them. I think the big difference between um, the Rockets and Sixers situation is the age difference. Um, yes, that's a big factor. I don't think the Sixers factor. need to rebuild at all. Because you know, if you if you if you were to say, oh, in both situations, I'm going to try to trade one and see what I can do with that, um, you're not going to be able to get a lot of picks. If you you're, you're going to have to give up a pick if you want to trade Westbrook. Um, but if you try to give up Embiid or Simmons, you're going to get a lot in return because you know they're in their mid twenties. People forget Simmons. This is his third year in the league. The, yeah, he was rookie of the year about a couple week, couple years ago. He was only rookie of the year yeah. two years ago. He's in his same year, same the same year that Kyle Kuzma is in right now. Yeah, he's very young, like very young, and he's he is an all star in, in the league. I know that the shooting is is it's horrible that that he hasn't got it together and he hasn't even start doesn't even look like he started to get it together. Yeah, but you know, in my opinion, if you're gonna get rid of one, I, I'm getting rid of Embiid. Um, straight up because he looks a lot more injury prone. Um, the the league revolves a lot around 
you know, guards. And I think you can fix that shooting and, and get it together a lot more than um, – because I, I think Embiid's game is, you know, what it is. Um, and I think you can build around Simmons and put a lot of J.J. Redick-type players um, around yeah. him more than, yeah. you know, Embiid. You know, I think Embiid's a standstill player. I think he gets tired midway through the third quarter a lot too much. He does. Um, he does. And so, and I think you can actually, I think you can get more for Embiid actually right now anyways. Um, yeah, he still puts up like some solid numbers, like 30 and like 10 boards oh, and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, he averages like 26 and 12. Exactly. Like he's still um, averaging a decent, very good amount. It's just, yeah. I agree with you with the age thing. I mean, you're talking about Ben Simmons, who's in his third year. Two years ago, he was rookie of the year. Um, I think he sold over Donovan Mitchell, but that's my opinion because um, he really he really wasn't a rookie. But still, um, he's still young. I mean, he he looks like he's trying to develop his three-point game, but we all know he's more of a guy who gets to the lane and gets to lay in. Um, so I agree with you. I mean, just building around Simmons, you know, potentially um, bringing in some more shooters like J.J. Redick or like like a Seth Curry or something like that. And <laughs> not, you know, Seth Curry. Yeah, you know, you know. I mean, guy can shoot. How about that? How about that? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> but I agree with you 100%. I mean, um, MB can still, you know, get you some solid points, some solid boards off um, off the glass. And his post game is pretty much one of the one of the most, like, consistent in the game. But the thing with MB is, you're right, he gets tired so easily. By beginning of fourth quarter, he's gassed. and. Dragon. Exactly, and he's and he's slowing down the fast break, and so it's just that's why I I agree with you. Like I've heard like Embiid packages. I think like I I don't want to you know make it sound biased, but I've heard that an Embiid package to the Warriors is on the is uh, is an option, but I don't know what they would entail and stuff like that. But I've heard a lot of stuff. I've heard a lot of stuff, and it's gonna be an interesting off season for sure. I just think, I just think that. You know, to close this little part out, I think that you know, you can the, the ceiling for Simmons is so much higher. You know, people talk about it with you know his comparisons to LeBron, but I think if you give him, if we, if in three years he's shooting 35 percent from three, then we're gonna forget about what's going on right now. What's what, what, what's yeah. happening last year oh, yeah. when it comes to shooting, and he's gonna be a perennial All Star. He's gonna be a possible top 50 all-time player and even better than that. Um, and, you know, all is going to be forgotten when it comes to that. And, and if, if the Sixers try to trade him too early and he turns into a, a shooter and, and doing more than what he is right now, I think they're going to re- – it's going to be one of the biggest regrets in, t- in, in any team's history. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, let's move on to a little bit of NFL now. Uh, we're entering week three. Uh, for those who don't know of the NFL season, um, pretty much your num- your top contenders right now, you have the Chiefs and Ravens as usual. You also have the Seahawks who are up there adding Jamal Adams to that defense, uh, and also Quentin Dunbar and Benson Mayoa. Uh, also, you have the Packers who are two and zero, two division games, both one, and I think the Rams and the Bills are round out your top five or top six, however you want to put them. The Bills, um. Decent start. Um, they struggled a little bit last week against Miami and the Rams. Their defense just looks rejuvenated. It looks like that twenty, what was it, twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen team that went to the Super Bowl. First, 
Sean McVay year. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the first Sean McVay year, you know, Aaron Donald looking like a, a different human being himself. Ramsey's trying to prove why he is the top corner in the league, top paid corner. Uh, so week through, through week three, what are your first impressions, Wyatt? Well, right now, you know, I think clear-cut the three best teams are the Ravens, Chiefs, and Seahawks. Um, you know, with the Seahawks, I think they're it's clear that they're letting Russ cook, like like everyone's been asking for. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, nine touchdowns, one interception. That one interception, if anyone saw it, was Greg Olson's fault. Exactly, yeah. His hands. Um, went for a pick six exactly. at the beginning of the past game. Yeah. Um, he has, I want to say, like 11 incompletions with his nine touchdowns. It's, it's ridiculous. It's honestly ridiculous. Like yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. He's, uh, him and, him and, him and Aaron Rodgers are playing just so, so well. Those two are playing so well right now. Definitely. Um, 1,000%. That's why the Packers are playing so well right now. If they would have picked up a receiver in the draft. That would have been. I think they would have been upper on my list right now. But I just, you know, especially with how Devontae Adams constantly gets lingering injuries, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but with the Ravens and Chiefs, you know, if you took out the playoffs last year for the Ravens, you know, I think the Ravens are one of the most consistently dominating football teams I've ever seen in my life. Um, yeah, one thousand percent. This year, yeah, coming into this year, um, whether. Maybe it was because there's no tra- uh, preseason, but I was really interested to see. You know, our coaches going to have you know because coaches don't spend you know their off seasons trying to figure out what the what what the Jets did to them. You know, they try to they're spending their whole off season, their whole days and nights trying to figure out how are we going to stop Lamar Jackson this year, how are we going to stop Patrick Mahomes this year, um, and I was really interested to see. You know, it was a brand new style of football that that, that Harbaugh put in for uh Lamar Jackson um with the three tight ends last year um and I was really interested to see what what teams were going to do this year with a whole off season to prepare for them but it, it's not looking like they 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 can even if they tried that, that they can do anything um they ran over Cleveland um they ran over the Texans and uh now this now they put these are the the best of competition they're 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 not they're not the jets they're not the Bengals. they're not the worst of competition um so i'm really interested to see how they how they're how they look against the chiefs this week no i definitely i definitely agree with you i mean at first like i was a little skeptical about the ravens defense because they lost old thomas you know with the all off off field issues yeah. going on there but that defense only allowed 22 points in two games but yes it's against cleveland who i mean cleveland i mean the last year, Cleveland did beat Baltimore in in Handling. yeah in Baltimore by like fifteen, I and mean, then this year they get blown up by thirty in the first game. So I think that's kind of like just you know the payback thing. And then against the Raven, no, not, not against Houston in in uh in Houston, they just looked very um just it's like the regulars them it's like last year it, they just look like they're having fun. Harbaugh is doing a great job just coaching that team. The defense is still elite without Earl Tom. I mean, they still have occasionally good Marcus Peters. Um, I say occasionally. Marlon yeah, Marlon Humphrey. Yeah, like they still have they still have some solid 
people in the secondary. Now, with the problem with the Chiefs is they got exposed last week. They got exposed really bad. I mean, you have Justin Herbert, rookie out of Oregon, leading this Chargers team who did not even find out he was going to be the starting quarterback until 10 minutes before kickoff. So that's first. And second of all, you let this rookie quarterback put up almost put up 20 points on you, almost beat you in the first in your in his first home game, in his first game as a as a Charger. Luckily, yeah. you made a 58-yard field goal. I mean, the Chiefs got exposed. Their uh, their defense is missing some solid holes, and the offense just looks stagnant. I mean, Mahomes is throwing a bunch of incompletions. Tyreek Hill didn't have a single catch until the f- second half of the game. Like, the run game was being stopped because the Chargers' defense at the front is not that bad. I mean, they have Joey Bosa, who is still – Exactly. They have that They have that tandem. Chargers are a solid defensive team. And the thing about the Seahawks is, like, they're obviously letting Russell cook, but it's just how he's throwing these balls is just – it's just so – it's just so perfect. Like – I, I I can't I mean look I mean we saw two look look at I mean the dime that he threw to DK Metcalf against Stephon Gilmore like Stephon Gilmore is an elite corner and it's I thought the one to David Moore was, was even better that was that one was even better that one was like twice as better um yeah. That is disrespectful. That that's disrespectful. That's disrespectful. That is one thousand percent disrespectful. The man has rejuvenated this team ever since he got drafted back in twenty twelve. He has a Super Bowl with them. I mean, yes, you can say, oh, it's Pete Carroll as well, but I mean, Russell Wilson is pretty much the main guy, and the fact that this man has zero MVP votes is absolutely insane. And just, I would, quoting Stephen A. Smith here, it's blasphemous. It's actually blasphemous. It's ridiculous. It, it is. I mean, Russell Wilson has put up MVP numbers almost every single year, and he has zero votes. And this year, I better I, I better see him get MVP because right now he is the favorite over Lamar and Patrick. But it's just ridiculous how people are hyping – I mean, are not hyping this man up enough. I mean, look what he's doing. I mean, he is throwing as many touchdowns as he has incompletions in a game. I mean, that's ridiculously amazing. Yep. But it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, Unfortunately, I have to go in a little bit, but uh, I got one more question for you right now. um, Right now, Super Bowl contender. If you had to put two people in Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl right now, who are you saying and why? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Seahawks just because, you know, beforehand um, it was between the Saints 
and the Seahawks for me. And right now, I'm not look. I'm not, not liking how Drew Brees is looking. Um, it is a little shaky. Looking, he, he's looking a big half step, big half step, you know, behind. Um, looks like his age is catching up with him. Definitely. Um, but we'll see what happens when Michael Thomas comes back. You know, I'm not not leaving him, not leaving Drew Brees quite yet. Um, but I really like how the Seahawks look, especially Russ. Um, I like how Carson is catching the ball more than he's running it. Um, and in the in the AFC, you know, as much as I said that the Ravens um, look like the best team in football right now, and they're running over everyone, and even if they went to, uh, on Monday night, um, you know, I'm the type of fan, the type of, you know, person who, until you prove that you can win in the playoffs, until you prove that you can until it's another team proves that they can lose in the playoffs, um, I'm going with, you know, that team. And, you know, I'm not choosing the Ravens until they prove that they can win, and I'm not choosing the Chiefs until that they – or I'm, I, I am choosing the Chiefs until they prove that someone can beat them in the playoffs. So that's valid. That's, where that's I'm valid. At. I'm where at. That's where I am at with that. I'm going uh, Chiefs and Seahawks as of right now. For me, I pretty much got to agree with you there. I mean, the Seahawks look like the best team in, in the NFC right now. Um, you could say the Packers, and surprisingly, the Cardinals are second best right there, but the Cardinals have had a pretty uh, easy schedule, to say the least, and the Packers Packers have a very big test on Sunday night against the Saints on the road. But um, if we're talking about best teams looking right now, I mean, uh, Seattle had to play Atlanta, who looked absolutely abysmal last week, stupid, and then... Um, they played the Patriots, and the Patriots are always a tough task. I mean, that goal line stand with three seconds left in the game was absolutely amazing by the Seahawks defense. But, I mean, yeah. people really disrespected Cam Newton, and so that's why I have the Patriots as a contender in the AFC, but my favorite would have to be the Chiefs again just because of what Patrick Mahomes can do when when he's – when the when the bright light is shined on him, he knows what's to he knows what's to do. We saw it last year in the Super Bowl. We saw it last year in the AFC Championship in the AFC Divisional Round. Like this man was down every single time heading into the fourth quarter, and they except for the um, AFC Championship and AFC Divisional Round, but down like twenty to ten, and they come back and win thirty one twenty. I mean that just shows you. You never doubted it. You never doubted it. Exactly. You never doubt it. And. I mean, I got to agree with you. Seahawks-Chiefs is pretty much my favorite matchup right now heading into week three. I know it's early, um, and plus, we haven't had any preseason games, so, you know, um, a lot of things to work out. But, honestly, I just feel – I, I feel – Teams could have a, a week like the 49ers had last week. Too. Exactly. I was I was about to say, like, anything could happen. Like, we saw with the 49ers last week, like, multiple injuries. Feel sorry for all the 49ers fans out there. Actually, no, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm a Seahawks fan to life, but um, I agree with you. I agree with you. That that was just that's just trim. I mean, that's just horrible. I mean, you saw like all the injuries. I mean, that could happen to any team. Um, but th- why I want to thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, yeah. Damn, 50 Thanks minutes. Me, yeah. Hey. Um. Anytime you want, just let me know. Uh, we'll talk sports again. Uh. But appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Have a rest of your day, man. You too. I'll talk to you later, man. And this is going to wrap up the episode of College Kid Talking College Sports right now. Um, but next week, we're going to go back into, you know, the college sports routine. Going to talk about some more college football. The Pac-12 is back. The Pac-12 is back. So now it looks like all conferences are back. And they're starting by latest November. 
Uh, so we're going to get back into that next week. But this has been College Kid Talking College Sports. I'm your host, Corey Pounds. I'll see you next week, guys.